Sergey Brin just made $3.5 billion on this tech edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. I am Sean O'Reilly, joined today by the devilishly handsome Dylan Lewis. How are you? Doing all right, Sean. I knew your mom was listening. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. she tries to. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, for those of you who don't know, Google's broken its two-year-long flat streak and is up 14%? Yeah, 13. 13, Th- Roughly, whatever. yeah, depends on when you check. 80 bucks a share. Sergey Brin, of course, owns between the two classes of stock, 43 million shares. Doing a little math, just short of $3.5 billion. Yeah. The entire GDP of numerous African countries. Yeah, just in a day. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I came in today, and uh, and uh, one of our coworkers, Michael Douglas, had emailed me. And he's like, "Yeah, this is up, and we should probably do ten percent." I'm like, "This is awesome! We can do the tech show about this." And then, perfect, I emailed you, and here we are. Yeah. Uh, so they reported earnings. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised it's up this much. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. So yeah. run us through the the release first and foremost. Yeah, so like you said, up 12 to 13%. Uh net income looked good. It's at 3.9 billion, roughly 6.43 a share um versus 3.4 billion a year earlier. Um analysts had expected earnings of 6.70 per share, uh excluding certain costs and on that basis, uh, the company delivered 6.99 per share. So that's a nice little bump right there. They they beat I mean, yeah. but they beat by what? Twelve cents per share? Like it wasn't, yeah, it outlandish wasn't, or anything. Wasn't dramatic. Uh, you know, revenue looked good too. It was up about eleven percent uh, to seventeen point seven billion. Again, uh, excluding certain costs, uh, they use traffic acquisition costs as something they're excluding. Uh, revenue was fourteen point three five billion. Analyst expectations were fourteen point two seven billion. Was this the first quarter that they figured out mobile? I'm not sure if that's what it was. Um, you know, like you said, it's it's a weird pop for what ultimately doesn't seem like a dramatic surprise right. on earnings. If they, you know, doubled or like just something, yeah, I I I, I would be on board with this. But they're they're assigning an extra hundred billion dollars. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I think one of the things that people are most encouraged by are some of the statements that the company made about uh, more conservative capex and R and D spending. And just kind of reining in some of those costs a little bit. Um, I'm not going to get a driverless car, Dylan. <laughs> no, I think they're still going to be going after those moonshots, some of those programs that they have with healthcare, some of those um, auxiliary businesses. But I think that they might be a little bit smarter about that. Got it. Um, so, what else stuck out to you? Um, so, I think one of the big things that we're always monitoring with Google is CPC. And, uh, you know, so you look at revenue for them, and, you know, with what, 90 something percent of their revenue coming from ads. Um, you look at that equation, you say, okay, so are they increasing revenue based on volume or are they doing it based on ad rates? And correct me if I'm wrong, last quarter it was on volume. Yes. And and we spent a good amount of time talking about that. Yeah, we've talked about it in the past, and I think that trend's just continuing. Aggregate uh, paid clicks were up 18% year over year, 7% sequentially, uh, whereas CPCs were down 11% year over year and 4% sequentially. So that trend continues. Less per click and absolute pennies, but... There's more of them, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. And part of that is the transition to mobile. Right. And knowing that mobile CPCs are lower. Um, some of that is YouTube as well. Uh, it seems the company has made it clear that uh, mobile CPCs are kind of at the lower end of the spectrum. Desktop is on the upper end, and YouTube is somewhere in between the two. And so I think as those become larger parts of the business, uh, you know, we're going to kind of continue to see CPCs meet somewhere in the middle there. 
So uh, revenue growth looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, was it really that? I mean, they already have ninety some odd percent market share here in the United States. They're killing it in Europe. In fact, so much so that they're trying to you know lob antitrust things at them. Yeah. Where are they getting all this growth? Like, can they keep this up? I think so. Um, you know, you're really it's really encouraging to see the TrueView YouTube growth. Uh, you know, so basically the way that works is they're only billing clients based on ad impressions that are seen in, in their entirety. How nice of them. Yes. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> I know we're all used to skipping ads, uh, those 15-second spots that'll show yeah. up between You can skip YouTube. in five, four. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, they're building out that YouTube ad platform. So that looks great. I do think the CPC dip is concerning. Um you know, and in the conference call, they kept drilling home, like, everything's okay with CPCs, everything's okay with CPCs. And I know that the analyst narrative for a while has been, this is something we're worried about, you know, right. w- what's going on there. And it's it's kind of like that guy that's trying to reassure you that things are great with his relationship. Yeah. You know, like, the more times he brings it up and says, oh, everything's good, everything's fine, don't worry about it. Things uh, were never better. Yeah, the more you're like, uh, I don't know. Have you caught in any... Uh just cut wind of any kind of talk about um, the competitive landscape in online ads. Because 10 years ago, if you said there's this company making gobs of money off of online ads and mm. clicks, I would have Google. Like, there's literally nobody else. Yeah. Um, now you've got Facebook. Like, there's, there's more competitors. And if I'm going to spend, I don't know, a million dollars, just whatever, $5 million on a crazy big online ad, um, I have some choices Yeah. now. Yeah, and I think the targeting is unparalleled, you know, with Google. Uh, you know, Facebook is obviously great, it's super granular, but I think Google's targeting is still going to be better just because it's knowing exactly right. what you're searching for when you're searching for it and they can serve up ads based on that. Okay. Uh, so I don't so I don't know that anyone's going to beat them there, but it's definitely becoming a slightly more competitive landscape and there's just more suitors for those ad dollars. Awesome. Well, uh, before we move on, I wanted to make our listeners aware of a very special offer for all of our industry-focused listeners. If you have found this discussion informative and you are looking for more foolish stock ideas, Stock Advisor may be the service for you. It is our flagship newsletter started more than 10 years ago by Motley Fool co-founders Tom and David Gardner. We are offering the lowest price out there for all of our industry-focused listeners. It is $129 for a two-year subscription to Stock Advisor. You'll get two stock recommendations every single month with insight from our team of analysts. Just go to focus.fool.com to take advantage of this deal. Once again, that is focus.fool.com. And uh, so for part two, we're going to talk about um, their giant bank account, which isn't quite Apple par. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it's sizable. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, so, yeah, right now Google sits at about $70 billion wow. in cash on the balance sheet, which is insane. I mean, yeah. that is a lot of money. Uh, it's what, about a third of what uh, Apple has on the books. So, Google will get there someday, I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, still a lot. And obviously, um, you know, this is something that people start to think about with earnings is, well, what does the capital return policy look like? You know, uh, you see some of these really big tech companies, Microsoft, Apple. You know, once Cisco you be- even Cisco. Once you become yeah. a monolith, you have to get into the capital return policy. You know, you need to reward your shareholders right. with some dividends or some uh, share repurchases. And so, uh, I think a lot of the coverage that I've been reading about their earnings has really fixated on this one. I think kind of taken out of context quote um, from their CFO Ruth Porat. And when was this? Was this? This was Thursday. Okay. Uh, yeah. And so um, it was, you know, what do we potentially need for capital return? And so, <laughs> you know, and this was in the context of talking about uh, potentially loading up on some debt. You know, like okay. their debt load's pretty low right now. And um, 
I think any near-term expectations of a dividend or share repurchase are kind of overblown. What did he say? So, so the full quote that was, um, but if you step back, as I've looked at it, the key issue is what do we do uh, for working capital? What do we need for CapEx? What do we need for M&A? What do we potentially have for capital return? How this one thing about financing uh, the various opportunities that we have. So, so that list right there uh, is something that she reiterates later on in the same order. Um, and she talks about when asked to specify, you know, like what she meant. Yeah. Uh, and she hits capex, M and A, and then capital return again. And I think it's very clear that that's where their priorities are. And um, you know, she's she's made it clear that it's speculative at this point. Uh, so I don't know. I'm not sold on any dividend coming up anytime soon. Right. And you know, on the flip side, you know, can you imagine going back in time to a you know long time Apple shareholder in the earlier 2000s or something, being like, someday your company is going to pay this giant dividend and all this stuff, and it's going to have this 170 billion dollar bank account? And they're like, no way. Yeah. Someday Google might get there. So you do think that the street's looking a little bit too much into this? Yeah, I, I think they're getting a little overeager. You know, one of the things that she, uh, they talk about in the conference call is one of their biggest ROIs has been their investment in the search platform, and they've been extremely smart with their M and A. You know, right. like YouTube was an acquisition, so they've spent that money very wisely, and it's allowed them to just absolutely explode in growth. Right. So, you know, while it might be compelling to you know reward shareholders. Build some stability there. I, you know, if they're allocating capital that well, why get in the way of that? Yeah, it's it's always tricky. But obviously, management does have three choices: they can keep the money and do what kind of more or less what Google's doing, um, pay dividends or buy back stock. And if you're going to do the latter two, you need to ask yourself what the shareholders are going to do with that. And if it doesn't meet the threshold of, I don't know, what do you think is a fair return for an investor? Expect eight, ten percent a year or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Google's our return on equity is really, really high, and they're yeah. very good at what they do. So letting them keep it isn't even with their huge size isn't that crazy at this point. And we talk about the moonshots and how right. you know they have all of these side projects they're working on. If one of them turns into something big, then that's huge. Game over. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Um, so that possibility, I think you're right. Is uh, it's a lot more potent. Right. You know, in their bank account than it is in their shareholders. Right Ser- now. Ser- Sergey deserves <laughs> that three point five billion dollars that our society gave him today. Yeah. Um. And uh, so this is what I really want to talk about because it's kind of a continuation of what we did, you know, a week or two ago, mm-hmm. which was uh, what's up with YouTube. Yeah. Um. Because they it's break even. Like, do they acknowledge? Yeah, we just kind of have it, and it's fun to have. Yeah. So Ser- <laughs> Sergey loves watching cat videos on YouTube, and we just have it. Like <laughs> everything I've read on YouTube so far has said it's break even. And which is which is maddening, you know, because right. like you're like, hey, how is this not a profitable platform? Everybody uses it. Yeah, and um, unfortunately, everything Google's released so far to the public, you know, via uh, financial statements, quarterly calls, etc., hasn't broken it out. And so, you know, like it's something we've referenced before, but it's a lot like Amazon Web Services, where we weren't really sure what it was for a while, right. and you know what kind of revenue contribution it was. You know, we had some ideas from analysts, uh, we had some insiders leak some information here and there with um, YouTube's contribution, but for the most part, we don't have an official statement that says this is what it is. And so, um, you know, we're stuck with these user metrics that the company is releasing. And so, right now, they're at over one billion users. Um, time watch. Uh, watching time growth is up sixty percent year over year. So obviously, I'm trying to think, how I watch things longer on YouTube now. 
<laughs> I think people, I think more people are listening to uh, yeah. listening to music on there. I think yeah, that's what for it is. sure. I mean the Vivo and yeah, no, for sure. Um, and so, like I said before, uh, you know, YouTube CPC wise is kind of between desktop and mobile. So, um, and something they've talked about in their conference calls is that the gap between mobile and desktop is narrowing. So, I think company wide, the CPC is probably going to be somewhere along where YouTube is. So, theoretically, you know it become yeah. something that's profitable at, at some point wow but awesome yeah very good well thanks for your thoughts always a pleasure sean see you later see ya. if you are a loyal listener and have questions or comments we would love to hear from you just email us at focus at fool.com again that is focus at fool.com and as always people on this program may have interests in the stocks they talk about and the motley fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program For Dylan Lewis, I'm Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening and Fool On.